Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I'm going to preach today and I want to call it Worship. Worship. And uh, this is our last of four ships. Brother um, uh, Michael preached the first week on discipleship, and he did a phenomenal job. I've had the opportunity to preach these next. Today will be the three that I've had the opportunity to preach. Had a blast preaching these. This is going to be a good one today. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Turn around and ask somebody. Say, you ready? Worship, 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 worship. One more thing before you sit down. I want you to turn and ask somebody. Did you enjoy worship today? Just, just ask them that. What would y'all say? You did? You enjoyed worship today? You may be seated. The reason I asked you that question, it was a little bit of a trick question. A little bit of a trick question because... You should enjoy worship when you come to the house of God. It should be enjoyable. It's not a drudgery. It's not a bad thing. But hey, stay with me. I'm already preaching. You ready? You need to hear this point. It's big in this message. Worship is simply not... Hold on. Here we go. You ready? You got to hear this. Worship simply is not for us. I'm up in the middle of it. You ready? Worship is not for us. I'm glad you enjoyed it, and so did I, and I wanted it to keep going. But worship really is not built for our enjoyment because worship is not for us. And I know that was a little hard for Christians to swallow, but it's okay to say amen because you think, well, who in the world is it for? Worship is a gift that we give to someone else. When I worship someone, I am, I am giving them a gift. And that is why worship is for God Almighty. You came here today, and it's not based on whether you enjoyed it or not. It's based on the fact, did Jesus enjoy our worship today at Parkway? Did he enjoy our worship? And that... That is the key factor. So it was a bit of a trick question because this gift that we give is is showing honor and praise to our God. Listen to this. The origin of 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 our word, worship, is similar to the word that we use, and that is worth. Worth. And we think about what something is worth and its value, and we worship according to the magnitude of worth that they have in our life or the value that we place on them in our life. Worship is all about reflecting the worth or the value of God. I want this church. I want to train this church. I want to preach to this church. I want to teach this church by personally being involved in worship myself. But I want this church at the level of honor to our God to be at the highest 
every single week, not only in our corporate worship services, but in your life throughout the week. I want to put something into you that you place the highest value and the highest worth on God. More than any other thing in your life, you place the highest worth and the highest value on God. I honor my kids and I believe in my kids and I think they're all that and I think your kids are all that and I I get excited when you get a car and we worship that because all of that, we're placing value. You drove up, you spent $30,000 on the car and we all stand out and go, whoo, that's so pretty and we place honor and value on it. We place honor and value and worship on the cowboys. We place it on the Texans. And you, you got to get both Texas teams. You'll lose some folks quick. We worship them. Now, I'm not trying to tell you to quit that. It's a part of what you do because you value them. You play worth on them. I'm not saying that's all bad. What I am saying bad is when there is a higher worth on any other thing that goes higher than your worth and value to God. And this world is in a consumption movement to consume everything else and place worth and value upon everything else rather than God. And what happens is God loses his worship in the process. And that was the reason, according to what Kim just preached, the whole reason we was created, you was going to worship something. But make sure that you place the right value and worth on God. And when you do, everything else just kind of works itself out. Now, I know I'm right there at the beginning of my message, but I want you to stand with me. Would you do that, please? I want you to do something. I want you to take just a minute, and I want you to, whatever way that you worship God, whatever way you praise God, you say, well, I'm kind of introverted. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. We have different types of folk, but whatever way you worship God, if it, whatever, do your thing right now. And for about 20 seconds, I want you to place the highest value in your life upon Upon your worship and worth that you give to God. You ready? One, two, three, go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I magnify you. I worship you. I lift up holy hands in the sanctuary. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for caring me for me. Thank you for loving me, God, and lifting me up in all of who I am and my brokenness. But you love me anyways, and I want to worship you. I want to praise you. I want to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands serve in the Lord with gladness. I want to praise my God. Hallelujah. With your hands lifted up, just lift your voice and shout the worship of praise to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Can you give him praise today? The highest level of value. The highest level of value. The highest level of value. You may be seated. That was, a, that was called a praise break. Revelations chapter 4 and verse 11 says this. You are worthy. Hear it? Worth, worth. You are worthy, our Lord and God. To do what? To receive glory and honor. And power. Why is that? For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. There was power there. 
There is authority there. There is the power to create things there. There is the God of all gods and the king of all kings. There is no gods. Other gods but my God. Everything else is just uh, a phantom. It's just a shadow. But my God is the only God. He's the only God. Worship is for God. But this is the powerful thing about worship and getting on board this ship called worship. Worship, when we worship God, and it is for God, it's not about us. However, when we worship God, this is incredible, somehow we are changed. It's all for Him. And we lose that sometime in Christianity. But it's all for Him. But in the process, we are changed as we become a worshiper. It's not the purpose of worship. But by experiencing God, we are transformed. We see Him in a different light. And without worship, you take worship out of our life, and without worship, everything else becomes threatened and threatened, and we begin to see our gifts as our own possessions. We begin to see our neighbor as competition and the truth as whatever spin we can put on it because we begin to become our own gods and manufacture worship and praise to the things that we want to, to give it to. And generally, the first thing we do is we always give praise and worship to self, and that's called humanism. And we've moved more into that as the world progresses and we've built gods within ourselves. And due to it, we become against one another. Our possessions become our own possessions. When you talk about even tithes and offerings in our world today, they're like, what? Give that to God? There is no way. Those are mine. Those are my possessions. Everything I've got is mine. Because when you move away from worship, you start laying claim to everything. Without worship, we can wander off into all kinds of places in our mind and our spirit. And none of them is the destination that God wants us to. Everything starts getting out of balance. I told somebody this past week that even in my own life, I'll look at it every once in a while and I'll go, something's not right. I, I'm not into some major sin. I'm not into all of that stuff. But I'm just telling you, something's out of whack. And I'll, it'll hit me every time that something is wrong with my worship. I have not made sure that I've delegated my worship to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And when I do that, even as a pastor, when I, when I reconfigure and reprioritize the things in my life and get worship where it's supposed to be, everything else begins to get in its right place because God just works that way. Passionate, passionate worship changes the worshiper. Now I'm going to just get real honest with you right here, and that is this. I'm going to confess to you that I think worship is an absolute miracle. 
and what it does in people's life. To me, it is an absolute miracle in itself. Let me, let me kind of break it down and be funny with it. Sometimes someone will ask, come up to me and say, well, pastor, you know, I, and, and they're not being mean with this. It's just they're, they're seeing what they see. And they walk up and say, man, I tell you what, our Sunday morning was, was a little low in attendance today. Must be a lot of people out of town. And, 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 you know, we were a little low this Sunday. And I understand what they're saying by all means. But I'm kind of looking going, I can't believe anybody comes. Now you're going, well, that wasn't very nice. No, no, you, know, it's, it's, you think about it. Why would anyone leave the comfort and warmth of their bed on maybe their only day off on a Sunday morning, get up, put expensive gasoline in their cars, search, come to church, drive. Some of you drive a long ways. Some of you just could walk here just about. Some folks drive a long ways. Drive to the church, sleepy-eyed, show up, and then, by, by all goodness, you got to get here and look for a parking spot. They don't have one that just got your name on it, and it's, it's just waiting on you. And No, you've got to look for it. And if, if things didn't get any worse, they built a parking lot called Parking Lot 2. And you got here a little late that day, and you had to go to parking lot too, and you're praying, God, send me a golf cart. <laughs> and it's a ways away, and then, and then you show up and you start drinking coffee. And that's really good and sweet, but it's not as good as the one you pick for yourself at your house. It's just not as good because it doesn't have all the foo-foo that yours has. And then you sit in a room, and you just got to admit, it's either too hot, too cool, too cold. All the hot ones, raise your hand right now. Oh, well, we're on more on the cold. All the cold ones, raise your hand. All the lukewarm. Oh, 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 you wasn't, you wasn't, you wasn't ready for that one, were you? It's like lukewarm in church. No, I'm not raising my hand on that one, Jack. But it, you get there and it's either too hot or, or it's too cold. And then you sit next to someone you don't even know. And if that doesn't make it any worse, they tell you to shake hands, hug their necks, high five, greet someone, give them a kiss on the neck. No, just kidding. We don't do that. But, but you go through all, and you're going, dude, I don't even know this person. It's so, it's so awkward. It's so weird. I just want to be in my home. Why would people do this? My prayer every Sunday morning is this. And I'm serious. I prayed it this morning. God, would you please... Wake people up and let them show up to the house of God to worship. Why is that? It's completely volunteer. Everything about it. Everything about you coming here today is fine. You're saying, my God, you about talked me out of not coming next week. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Unless there is a God up in the middle of it. <laughs> and that God is so real that he is above us and he is beyond us, but also he is beside us and he is within us. And this 
God created something inside of us that when I began to corporately worship God in the house of the worship, we throw our hands up. God begins to meet a need inside of my life that nothing else in the world can meet. And that's why I get up. He is worthy of my worship. Is there times you wake up and you don't want to come to church? Don't answer. But there is something that drives you. There is something inside of you. Because we often say there is this God-shaped void inside of you. That began as you began to worship God, something that is not about you. That you come here and you begin to throw your hands up. He begins to let you experience him in a way that you have not experienced him all week long. And needs begin to be met. And a touch of the spirit begins to do something in you. And you always leave here better than you came. He didn't have to figure it out that way because it's all about him. But somewhere in the process, he lets it it be a ministering touch to you. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We've got this modern thing in Christianity that we go, well, I'm going to go check out churches because I want to see how they worship. And we go, hey, how, how, did, how did they worship today? You know what we ought to be saying to every one of you? How did you worship today? Not how was worship, but how did you worship today? What value did you place on God today? I'm not trying to make you feel guilty by that. I'm trying to stir your heart today to let you know it's all about him. But he benefited you and blessed you to change your life in the process of you worshiping him. I'm going to do a little experience. And I, I got to thinking about this last night and it lit me up. I want everybody to do something here tonight. I, I, want, you to, I want you to breathe in. Would you do that? Now breathe out. That was silent. That was awesome. Now this time, what I want you to do, do it again. Go, breathe in and hold it. Would you do that? Just go. Awesome, awesome. I'll let it go. Some of you are blown up. I can see it. Breathe out. When you breathe in, stay with me now. When you breathe in, you are receiving into you the grace of God. Now, let, let, me, let me break that down for you. When you breathe in, you are receiving the grace of God. You are breathing in. In other words, he didn't have to do it. He didn't have to give it to me. He didn't have to give me another breath. He didn't have to give me another moment. I didn't deserve it. I'm not deserving of it. But when I... There's a breath in me. It's up inside of me. I've received the grace of God. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus, for his grace. I receive the grace of God. All week long, you've been breathing in. You've been receiving the grace of God. He's been taking care. I don't see anybody starved to death today. You've been breathing in all week long. Sucking in God's grace, sucking in God's blessing, sucking in God's restoration, sucking in God's goodness, and you, you breathe it in, and you've got all this grace up inside of you that God has blessed you with. Now listen to this. Then you do something else. Then you breathe it out. So you breathe in God's grace, and then you breathe it out. 
And when you breathe it out, you are breathing out praise to the Almighty God. I tried something last night, and again, I've studied all week on this, but last night this particular thing hit me, and that is this. I've never thought about this. Now, I know y'all are smarter than me. I guess I just, you don't think about breathing. And I, I realized something last night, that you, you can't talk when you're breathing in. Don't try it right now. It gets ugly. I tried it last night. I did everything I could that while I was breathing in to talk. I would ask you to try it, but it, it's, it's really goofy looking. But while you're breathing in, and I know somebody will come up to me. I didn't Google it. And I know somebody will come up to me, and they figured some way out. I know there's this continuous breathing that some, some instrumentalists do that's very few in the world that can breathe through their nose while they're breathing. I know all that. I know that. I know that. But for the majority of us, when you're breathing in, you can't talk. And a lot of times you're receiving in the grace of God all week long. And what happens, you can get all blown up with the grace of God if you never and breathe out. Because when I breathe out, my air crosses over my vocal cords and gives me the ability to make words, to make life. I breathe in the grace of God and I breathe out. And when I breathe out... I can make words out of those. When you hear me hesitate when I'm preaching, it's because I just took a breath in and now I've got to expel that breath. I've got to let it go. And when I do, you get preaching. When you do, you get somebody saying, hallelujah. Now what happens is we've got a world full of people that are receiving in the grace of God. They're breathing in, but they're never breathing out worship to God. They're bringing it in. And when they own, they get to thinking that this is mine. This is my breath. This is my grace. I'm better than those around me. I've got, I'm going to own this. This is my life. Humanism at its max. But I've got to do the next step. I have got to breathe out. Because breathing out gives me room to receive more grace. And I do this process. I breathe in and I breathe out. We inhale and we exhale. We breathe in and out. Inhale, exhale. And there's this rhythm to life. In the same way that music has beats and measures, our life, our lives are measured. There's rhythm. You let that rhythm be broke and get messed up, there start to be issues. There is evening and there's morning. And each day is measured according to the power of God. He measures day and night. And there's inhale and there's exhale. There's six, day of work, six days of work and one day of rest. Each week, each week, God has measured. God has ordered our lives in such a way that we, that we receive and then we give. We work and then we rest. We inhale and we 
exhale. It's God's intention in everything that we do. But our human temptation is to live outside of God's will for us. And we do not live measured lives. Our lives get chaotic. Our lives get out of order. And we live hurried lives. And before long, we're doing all the inhaling and no exhaling. And we get out of rhythm. rhythm, And we get things broken. And the measure is messed up because it just doesn't seem to flow. What's wrong, pastor? What's going on? Well, you're out of rhythm. God sets you into rhythm. He built you to inhale and exhale in your life. And your life and the way we live sometimes does not do that. And we get out of rhythm in our lives. And it's not God's purpose for us. We were were created to receive grace and to offer praise. But it's sometimes we forget to do the praise part and we get out of life and our life out of rhythm becomes something that's wrong with the flow of worship in our life and before long I start looking for crazy things to worship something like a dollar bill that can move and evaporate in a moment something like my health that can move and evaporate in a moment something like even even as much and as precious as family is to us it can be gone in a moment everything moves and ebbs but we can put all of our worship in that basket because we get out a rhythm in our life. God built it into creation. He said, if you don't do it, I've so built it into my creation that if you don't worship God, the rocks are going to cry out because I'm going to tell you, the rhythm is not going to be broken in the world. And That is why I get overwhelmed when I read what Psalmist David penned in Psalms 150 and verse 6 when he said this. He said, let everything that hath Come on, let everything that hath praise the Lord. And then he says, praise ye the Lord. In other words, he said this. If you're sucking in air, make sure that when it comes back across your vocal cords, you are exhaling worship to the Almighty God. Don't be an intake and not have any out. I want to try it again. I want you to stand back up again. Would you do that? And I want you to breathe in and breathe out. And when your breath crosses your vocal cords, I want you to make a joyful noise unto the Lord and worship the way he deserves to be worshipped. Would you do that? Let's go. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Breathe it in. He's given you grace all week. Now worship him. Now worship him. He is good. He is faithful. He is just. He is holy. He is mighty. Come on. How many, I want you to raise your hand and just say, God's been mighty, mighty good in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's been good in your life. Inhale that. But now I want you to throw the other hand up and exhale the goodness and praise to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is so good to my life. Hallelujah. 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 I want everybody 40 and below to raise their hands at me. Would you just shake your hand at me right now? Let me talk to you just a second. Sometimes in your life, in this season of your life, between the time you get married and the time that you are 40, 
There's something happens. You begin to fight for your career, and you should. You're going to college. You're doing everything you can to try to make sure you got your ducks in a row for the future. And that is awesome. And so did I do the same thing. But in the process of all that, the devil has a trick that he gets you so focused on your career And it gets you so focused on taking kids back and forth to soccer practice and karate and everything else that you hear the statement that I heard this week from someone that says this, I would love to come to God and we want to get back to God, but we're just too busy. We're just too busy. Do you hear it? It's a life that's out of whack. They're receiving all the grace, but they're not giving God back the praise. And there's a rhythm. And when there's a rhythm broken in that situation, there begins to become issues up in our life. I do not want that for the Keating household. And for me and my house, we are going to be worshipers in the name of Jesus Christ. You may be seated. We can also have polluted worship. Polluted worship. What do you mean? I've got a scripture for you. Check this out. Polluted worship. It's Matthew chapter 15, verse 8 through 9. Jesus says this, This people's honor me with their lips. Their lips. Notice this. There's something coming out. But the issue this time It's not words coming out. There's words coming out. The issue is that it didn't come from the heart. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Can I just raise my hand and be honest with you so you don't feel bad? I've done that. I've let it come out doing my Christian duty, and it come out here, but it didn't pass through here. Oh, y'all just left me all by myself. If you serve the Lord long enough, it's going to have a season. You, you're going to have to do something. That's going to, and, and, and it's going to come out here and it not pass in the heart. And the, Jesus said, in vain do they worship me. It's polluted worship because it didn't come from the heart. And generally, you can, you can have this front in Christianity that it comes out and everybody else sees it coming out. But when it comes from the heart, it is delivered out of the mouth with a different level of passion. It just has a different level of passion in it. And so when you walk in here today and maybe you sit by someone and you go, oh, they're a little fanatical. Well, let me just tell you something. What's happened is if everything's aligned correctly, it has, they have inhaled the grace of God all week. And when the time, by the time we get here and we start the drum... And we start the bass and we start the guitar. All of a sudden something happens. You begin to begin to worship God. And we begin to sing of the goodness of God. And everything you've inhaled all the week, you go, man, I have, I have got to deliver something to him. And all of a sudden there is a passion that comes out of you as you begin to praise God. I look back today, and I'm, I don't want to call the name, but I look back and I was so encouraged that someone that's only been at this church like six months, they were sitting here today, and I, when I look back, I, I, I just was randomly looking at the crowd, but I saw tears being wiped from this person. Let me tell you what that is. You don't have to cry when you come and worship. But what in her life, what was going on is tears were dropping out as an expression of worship. It was come out of her eyes. You know why? Because it passed through the heart. 
And when it passed through the heart, it came out at passion. Her tears were as loud as me screaming, preaching right now. It was a worship that was coming her, and I'm through her. Can I tell you, I don't care how it comes out of you. Jesus doesn't really care how it comes out of you as long as it passed through your heart. For when it does, it is not polluted worship, but true praise. It's not based on where you do it. It's based on how you do it and where it comes from. He said, the day cometh that you're not going to matter where you worship, little lady at the well. In a matter, are you worshiping in spirit and in truth? Can I just preach and teach to you today a little bit? You can also see it in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Check this out. Where Paul says that Christians should present our bodies as a living sacrifice being obedient to his will. In other words, it's spiritual service of worship by my body. So my body becomes an instrument that I pray. I literally, my body and how I live and how I act becomes an act of service of worship to him. Now, if you're not awake, I'm about to get you awake. In other words, you worship God through your sex life. Silence. Because what's the world do? I'm not going to get, this is my enjoyment. This is my thing. This is what I do. And they'll do it and they'll abuse people. They'll do it. They don't care. They'll run over you. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But all of a sudden, when you understand the gift of life and the grace God gives you, all of a sudden, in the everyday, Paul says, in this body, I exercise worship through it. That's not just me saying hallelujah on Sunday morning. It's how I live in the makeup of my private life. Well, I'm preaching now. It's how you keep your marriage vows. It's how you handle your money. You can see it that when you inhaled, it passed through your heart and came back out. And even when you give to God, it becomes an act of worship. Everything you do, how you serve, how you live, how you give, becomes an act of service. How you speak. If something's always coming out of your mouth and it's vile, something's wrong. When you're inhaling, you're holding on to it, you're blowing up, you become polluted, and it's not going through the heart to purify and cleanse it and get it back to the grace and the presence of God. And so you have polluted worship. Well, I'm preaching to you today. And so things get out of whack and out of rhythm in our life. And, but worship is this. Worship is magnifying God. It is, mag- it is an act that shows how magnificent God is. So I want to just stop right here and just say this. When I say worship, depending on how you were raised, the first thing that comes to your mind is, is, is you know, out loud vocal worship. And that is so true. And then another thing may come to your mind is if you're raised in a different way, it may be acts of service. And that is so true. So you're both right in both of those things. The fact is, how you live your life, all that, the fact that is, we need to combine those two and make sure that we have acts of service. In other words, our life becomes that 
body that we're using to give God worship, but it's also becoming vocally involved in giving God praise. It's, this, it's an act that reveals or expresses how great and glorious God is in our life. Whatever the issue of your life is, the key is to worship this holy God who created you and knows everything about you. You're not high. You can't hide anything from him. You may hide it from a spouse. You may hide it from a friend. He knows everything. He knows your failures. He knows your shortcomings. He knows where you're not faithful at. He knows your insecurities. He knows your sins. He knows your fear. He sees it all. And yet, he loves you. And based on the grace of God that he loves you through it all, He just wants you to worship him. He didn't ask you for a whole lot. He just wants to be worshiped by you. If we want to see breakthroughs in our life and doors open in our spirit, in our lives, then this is the time in this church and in your personal family to open up different levels of worship, both personally and even corporately in the house of God, that everything that comes through your mouth is not shallow, but has depth because it passes through the heart. We, yes, Kim, you sang it well, we were created to worship God. It's a state in, in, it's a state in which our soul finds this peace in God. It's a place where we find rest. It's where we find purpose but it must become a condition of the heart for it to be true worship. It's got to be something that's woven into the fabric of our being. Worship must become so ongoing that it is no longer a decision that I make that today I'm going to worship him. It's not that way, but it's a decision that I make as much as I breathe in air and breathe out air. It's that normal to me that it's a decision that I make even when my heart resists it, even when my life and my circumstance says life is going too hard and there's things pressed against me on every side. That happens to all of us, but I remind my heart of something. Listen, old boy, you've received the grace of God. God's been too good for you to be silent and to turn your worship to anything else but the one true God and it's in that moment that I wake up my heart again I wake up my spirit again and I say listen old boy you have got to give praise to the king of kings and to the lord of lords somebody said amen you got to wake up your soul so you're going to get your tail out of bed this morning you're not going to listen to sister sheets and Brother Pilla preach. You're getting up. you got to do something today. I want you together with a body of believers called the Church of the Living God. You're some of the most lucky, grace-filled people in all of the world. At parts of the world today, in Iran and Iraq, we have a strong movement of Christian believers in Iraq. This is what happened if they come to corporate worship. ISIS moves in and cuts every one of their, their heads off. But me and you wake up this morning. <laughs> 
And God bless our believers all across the world. Amen? But we wake up this morning, and I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. But if anybody are to be sucking in the grace of God and exhale in worship, it are to be the church in America because God has been so good to us. Somebody make a joyful noise in the Lord. Somebody, come on, somebody remind your soul again. God's been good to you. Somebody wake up your soul again. God's been good to you. He's never failed you. He's never forsaken you. That ought to get you off of your seat before you even know it because your heart says, I've got to excel. I've got to speak. I've got to move. I've got to give something. I've got to give back what he's given to me. I'm excelling worship in everything that I do. Somebody said Jesus. Yes, I'm lit up today. You may be seated. And I'm not through. And as you press through the heaviness, transformation begins to take place. I push through. It's tough. But I push through. I was pressed on every side. But I pushed through. I was standing looking at my Red Sea and Egypt's behind me and the water's in front of me and enemy on either side. But yet, I gotta worship God. I gotta be a Job. I've gotta look at the things around me and pressed on every side and every weight may come against us. But the Bible says Job shaved his head, fell on his face and worshiped God. Oh, to God, that Parkway Life Church never grows silent in our worship. We never get to the place that we are so politically correct, and I explain that even on the church's side, that we so politically correct that our worship becomes silent because it's the cool thing to do or the palatable thing to do. Don't let your mouth be shut up by political correctness inside the church from dead religion. Somebody's got to wake up and say, God is real in my soul. Your faith begins to rise up. Your spirit begins to sing and you take the first step and you open your mouth and you begin. And when things, when things are wonderful, we praise him. And when things are horrible, we praise him. Whether we are happy or we're sad, we praise him. Whether we're terrified or we're terrible, we praise him. We are determined to offer to God a sacrifice of praise. This is not a sacrifice. That's a golf clap. A sacrifice is stepping outside of my comfort zone. And it's not just a hand clap. The Bible says, clap your hands, all you people, and just shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. It's not just that little noise that's turning on God. He can clap the thunder together and make your little clap look like a joke. But it has no ability to make the choice. But you have the ability to board the ship. You put your hands together. 
and when the clap of the thunder is nothing compared to your clap, and you begin to praise your God. Y'all feel the Lord in this place? Kevin, I want you to come up here. I asked Kevin to do something for me. I want you to put up the next slide, uh, Megan, on the screen. Uh-oh, forgot to amplify that one. Forgot to magnify that one for you. Kevin, do you see that ship? It's a small little ship. Yeah. It's on there. That's the Queen Mary. It's, 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 just a, it's just small on that screen. And I, but I want you to do something. I want you to go. I want you to board worship. And I want you to take these binoculars. And I want you to go to the front of that ship, make yourself feel all important. And act like you're directing the Titanic up there. Because it feels good up there, man. And I want you to get down the front, and I want you to get those binoculars out. You see it, but it's small. I want you to get the binoculars out. Take your time. By no means, get in a hurry. <laughs> and all of a sudden, something begins to happen. The small little ship, Kevin, does it look any bigger than it did from down here? Huh? Let, let, let me just ask, congregation, did I change the picture? Is it still the same size? Are you still having an issue seeing all about that ship because of its size on the screen? Tell Kevin, say, no, it's not bigger. Try to convince him of that when he's looking through something and he can swear it's bigger. He can stand on everything inside of him and say, you may not be able to see it bigger, but I see it bigger. And the difference is, is I've joined and boarded worship, and I've got something, and something happens as I begin to worship God. The Bible says this, oh, magnify the Lord with me. <laughs> And let us exalt his name together. Kevin, it's not any bigger, but I can't convince you of that now because you have something in your hands that makes the ship look bigger. It hasn't changed in its size in the room. We can all agree to that. But through the worshiper, he magnifies it in his own eyes. Let me just say this. You can't make God any bigger than he already is. He's big enough to spin the heavens into existence and put his feet on the earth. He is a huge, awesome, mighty, creating God. He's already big. But in some of your life situations, you've got him small as this ship because in all that process, you have turned to your circumstance instead of magnifying God through worship. And so all you can see in front of you is your issue instead of seeing the God of the issue. The God that can heal the issue. And that's how the power of worship 
is for God, but in the process, it changes the worshiper. Is anybody hearing me today? Thank you, Kevin. You did an amazing job. Let's give it up for Kevin. He did a good job. Now listen to this. Scott, come up and get ready. I want you all to sing that last song, and I want Kim to belt that on that part. Can I, will you do that? Is that all right? I don't know if that's where, we're, where we were intending to go, but, but just to help me if you don't mind on that part. Just let Kim. I, I want to go back into that. There's something deep right there God wants to do today. Listen to NLT. It's the same scripture out of the NLT, which is one of my favorite versions. Listen to this. King James says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. But look at the way NLT says this. Look at this. Kim, I want you to see this before you sing. It says, Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Wait, wait, wait. His greatness? What are you talking about? Everything you've inhaled all week, I'm now going to tell of the Lord's greatness. And then it says this, let us exalt, who? His name together. I want you to come together in corporate worship and let everything that comes out of your mouth be the fact to just tell the world how great my God is. When you sing in just a minute, Kim, when you belt it out like only Kimbo can, it's not just a song. It's a new song. I don't mean it was written yesterday, but it comes a new song to you when you realize how great he is and the words that are about to come out are based on his greatness and his goodness, and as you enter into worship to God, something begins to happen. Your stress level begins to go down. It doesn't seem to make sense, but it's the truth. Because as I magnify God, my situation gets smaller. (laughs) Would you stand with me? My situation gets smaller. And you cannot worship God and worry at the same time, just like you can't inhale and exhale at the same moment. You can't worry and worship at the same time. Because when you begin to worship God, God is being magnified in your life. And you start seeing Him. And it becomes bigger in your situation. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And our vision of him gets bigger. And he starts doing something in the process, Michael. He starts filling the voids in my life. And he starts filling the blanks and the omissions in my life. And things start coming together. And he starts filling things up. But sometimes the reason our problem looks so big. Now listen to me. I know I'm at the end here. is that you're seeing the problem that you're going through in life based on your presence instead of being in His presence. But worship makes a turn in that. That you leave who you are and you step into who He is. Do you feel what I feel in this room right now? 
And somebody is about to do that today. Don't get nervous. Don't get to thinking we're fixing to open the doors and, you know, start running people around outside. Don't get nervous that we're fixing to roll people across the front and start hanging from chandeliers. But through the power of the rhythm of worship and the glory of who he is, I step out of who I am and into who he is. And all of a sudden, everything comes in order in my life.